I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, June 18, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And what do we have in front of us? We have one of the scenarios that we've been discussing for the last couple of days, which is instead of the market going down as a result of what I like to call the suspicious reversal candle, the market went up and really is a continuation pattern from what we've been discussing. We were able to look at both sides of the market using various different charts. Certainly, one of the scenarios we laid out was getting above the former high over here from the 11th of June. The high was 291.40. I want to show you something very, very interesting. Let's go down to an hourly chart real quick, and I'll show you where the opening price of the day was. The opening price was 291.39. What was that number from the high we just discussed? 291. 40. Is that an accident or a coincidence that we opened up within a penny of the former high from June 11th? No, it's not. Not at all. One of the other scenarios we discussed was the fact that the market would have a tendency to stay similar to yesterday through today and leading up into the Fed announcement tomorrow, which is Wednesday afternoon, and that would be Eastern Standard Time. It would have been very, very normal to see the market really go heavy in one direction or another following the Fed announcement. We still may see that, and we're probably likely to see that. Not just in the stock market, but that'll happen across all markets. The interest rate market, the precious metals market, the crude oil market. Markets across the board will certainly have a whopper of an excuse to look like an EKG following the Fed rate announcement. But here's the question. Now that we made a move up into the area, incidentally, we discussed in between 293 and 294 in the spider as the next major area of resistance where the market would go to if we broke out and where it would likely find the next area of resistance if it went up there. Well, guess what? The high today was 293. 57 so we split the difference i know there were a lot of traders this morning that took the liberty at taking a crack at a short trade up in that area you'll just have to know that if we begin closing above the former highs and i'm referring to over here at 294.95 if we begin closing above the former highs you have to reassess the trade There's a likelihood it could be wrong, but you need to give it a couple of days. One close above isn't necessarily going to do it for me. However, we can still get another jolt higher after the Fed interest rate announcement. Anything is possible. Take the big picture into consideration. Look where we are. There are plenty of traders expecting we're going to continue on to new highs and beyond. The other thing that we have to consider is, will it be a sell the news event? Whatever the Federal Reserve says, keeping interest rates the same, lowering interest rates, whatever their policy statement is, regardless of whatever that data or material is, 
we can still have a sell the news event. The sell the news event doesn't have to happen right away. Sometimes it happens the next day. Just laying out all the possible iterations of what we're looking for. Guessing doesn't do it. You have to just look, watch, observe, and understand what's going on. For example, right now, as long as the market stays above the high from June 11th, that high being 291.40, that's the new bogey. As long as we get hourly closes above that price level, the market is bullish. If we begin closing hourly below that price level, that would be a signal that we're seeing a failure. Signals of a failure are one thing, but keep in mind, we're still going to have 289 if and when visited as an important price area. We're still above all the moving averages. So we have to put the entire market in perspective. Right now, it's a bullish market. Can that change on a dime? Yes, it can. Remember the other day when we said, from where we are, and that was lower, that was when we were hanging around 289, give or take, we said, if the market has a jolt to the upside, if we get another leg higher, a short covering rally, a stint higher, a melt up, any kind of panic buying whatsoever, it would be good for 30 to 50 S&P handles. That pretty much happened. The reason I bring that up is because it can easily happen and we all know very, very quickly in the other direction. We just have to be on guard. I realize the media is uber bullish right now. I didn't even listen to it. I got the emails from some of you. I know what they're saying. I don't even need to unmute the television. We had a hint this morning from the ECB that they're in an easing stance. Usually, this is globally coordinated. So you're likely to hear some of the same type of wordage, terminology, concepts coming from the Fed Wednesday afternoon. Let's take a detour. Let's get out of our lane for a second and do something a little bit different. We have to make some assumptions before we do this. So you'll have to go with me. Again, we're kind of taking that trek inside my mind. It's dangerous, but you never know what you're going to find. So let's take a walk down memory lane. Here we are in the fourth quarter of 2018. This is the first stop on memory lane. One of the assumptions that we're going to make for this exercise is the assumption that even though we're approaching the old highs, we're going to make the assumption in concept only that it is a counter trend rally. One of the main reasons why I'm making that assumption is because of the rapid pace in which we went from the recent lows to where we are today. It was very, very quick. It's not normal garden variety market behavior. I'm going to classify it as a counter trend rally specifically for this exercise. Keeping that in mind for a second, we use the other counter trend rallies in recent past or any past for that matter to just look and see what the market was doing, what the tendencies were. Can we gain any data from what happened in the past to what's happening right now? The one thing that I want to focus on right now is how long those counter trend rallies went on for. So we have a couple on the screen right here from the fourth quarter of 2018. And you can see that we have a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 
nine days before we resumed the downtrend. Then we did it again. So we can start here or here. It doesn't really matter. You'll get the point of the exercise as we move forward. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's two different counter trend rallies. The market rallied for about nine days. Now, that in and of itself isn't much. But when you take that with the information that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you start to scratch your head and say, hang on a second. But let's move on. Let's take another stop down memory lane. Now we go to the beginning of 2018. So right here, you'll see January 26th, 2018. So I want to look again at the counter trend rallies using this low here to this high here. How many days did counter trend rally exist for before we ran into overhead resistance and turned down again? This time, it was 12 days. The next time was shorter. From this low to this high was 7 or 8 days. And then if we move on to the next counter trend rally, we go from this low to this high here, and we find out that it was 13 trading days from low to high. I think we need one more stop down memory lane. I don't think two's enough. Let's just triple check our work and go back to 2016 where we had another correction and let's check out the counter trend rally within that correction. So let's identify what correction we're talking about. So we have a top here, we have a bottom here, we have another top here, and we have another bottom here. So essentially, even though the market made a new high, this was a top and I can consider this a counter trend rally can certainly argue the point. I don't want to get specific on this particular correction. The point that I want to make is, again, here it is, about 13 or 14 days from low to high before we turn down again at overhead resistance. Where are we now? Current market from low to high using the recent low right down here. Today was day 12. So we've seen counter trend rallies go from 7 or 8 days, 13, 14 days, anywhere in that zone. That information doesn't mean the market has to turn down tomorrow or Thursday. However, it's information that I think is valuable. We need to know where we stand. We're near the old highs. We're either going to turn down or break out to new highs. And right now, here's how I'm going to use that information. If the market stays above 291.40 and we just go sideways for several days for argument's sake, that's going to tell me they're going to challenge and likely bust through the old highs. It would be eating too much time off the clock to be consistent with what happened in the past. That would tell me something different is going on. I no longer want to use that past information. I need more evidence I need more evidence, more clues, more information. That's how I'm going to treat all that information we just discussed. It's knowledge. We file it away. It's more of a post-it note than a puzzle piece. And those traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader are pretty much on top of what I'm discussing. Just as a little refresher, this was a chart we looked at quite frequently of late. This bullish flag pattern went like this. We talked about the fact that it could have been the bear side, 
but it was the bull side. And here we are above the old high, just using a different chart to discuss the same thing. What happens when we take a look at the hourly chart? How can we use this information? Well, there's a couple of things that jump out on the screen at me, so let me go over them. Remember, it's always the first thing that pops out at me that makes the most sense the majority of the time. So what I see is my 291.40. I know that's an important price level. What I also see is the low of the breakup candle. Now I have to be, it's 290.99. I have to be aware that technically speaking, this breakup candle really starts from and within the gap, starts from the day before. However, I know 291.40 is important and I know if price came down to that specific level, which happened to be, and we'll do it again, the low happens to be 290.99, which is very close to 291.40 in the big picture, hourly closes Below either of those numbers are bad. Obviously, even if price closed an hour below 291.40, but above 290.99, we would give it a chance. 290.99 becomes an important intraday watched level. Giving you a little inside baseball of where some of these numbers come from early in the morning that go out to inside the numbers members. Before we move away from the spider, I want to make mention of something. Can they make a new high and fail? And what would that mean? Let's go through a couple of scenarios for a minute. I think it's worthwhile. Since we're so close, we have the Fed coming up. Anything goes. It is Kabuki Theater. Let's say they wanted to get the S&P to the next major area of overhead resistance. When I say S&P, I'm right now referring to the S&P E-mini futures contract. This is the September contract, and you'll notice the high on the September contract is 29.6775. Each contract will actually have a different high. If you want the actual high of the S&P, you go to the cash index which is the SPX, also known as the cash index. And when you look at the S&P cash index, you'll see this is a 10-minute chart. We'll go to the daily chart, and you'll see that the actual high was 29.54.13. Sorry to be confusing, but I just wanted to make the distinction between futures, cash, SPY, and all the rest. Back to the futures. Here's my point. The next logical area of overhead resistance from a psychological perspective and also technical, but that's more refined. That'll be defined and refined for Inside the Numbers members Wednesday and beyond. If we're going higher, 29.50, maybe we get there, maybe we come up a couple of points short, 29.40, 29.45, maybe as high as 29.50 is a likely target if we're rising higher. I'm going to go out on a limb and put up 29.47 on the board. Don't know if they'll hit it, but what does that do to the SPY? It's interesting. So it's not a new high in the September futures contract. That would put the SPY just short of 295, 294.70, 294.75, maybe 295. Remember the old high. The high was 294.95. Just keep these numbers on a couple of post-it notes. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days. Closing above those old highs, 
may tell us a different story, but they're going to have to do it more than once. What do we have over in Camp IWM? We finally went into and even through the moving averages, backed off and closed the day right amongst the moving averages. Quite interesting. We talked about this at length for several days. They were trapped. They were going sideways. And if they're not going to collapse, if they're not going to go back down, they were building energy to go through or at least into the moving averages. A lot of overhead resistance into those moving averages. We discussed that. If they begin closing above those moving averages day after day, that may tell a different tale. The market will have to prove itself. But right now, pretty good and solid move for the IWM up 1.2% today. Again, a leading indicator. We've had some divergences, but the IWM probably three out of the last four days were giving us that leading indication of more upside in the market. What happens when we look at the hourly chart of the IWM? All of a sudden, it begins to look like the chart that we just saw on the SPY, and we can see pretty clearly where an important price level would be. If we just use the high right here, look where that high comes in. It comes in at the low of the breakup candle. So if price came down there, Under normal garden variety market conditions, you would find chart support in and around that price. You also have upsloping moving averages. That's going to intersect with the 20 period moving average that is sloping up toward where price is. Now, here's the issue. Tomorrow in the morning, we may see price test that level. That may be a buying opportunity. However, around the Fed meeting and after the Fed meeting, right after the Fed meeting, you don't know exactly or anything that's going to happen. It's like an earnings report. It's a wild card. It's kabuki theater. The market goes up. The market goes down. It does it three or four or five times, all within a couple of minutes. The bond market will do that. The stock market will do that. Precious metals will do that. Everything will do that. It's a great spectator sport. After the fact... We get a handle on the market. It generally will pick a direction. Things clear up and we move on. What about the VIX? I had a lot of emails today on the VIX. The VIX was up a little bit while the market was up big. What's up with that? That happens from time to time. It can be a leading indicator for sure. Why wasn't the VIX down big today when the market was up big? It's a great question. It's fighting that moving average. You can see right there. What did they do? They went to fill the gap. The gap is 15.06. What was the low today? The low was $14.62. They closed above the gap at 15.15. Generally speaking, that's not bearish, but that's bullish. When they go and fill the gap and close back above the gap, that's at least the first sign of bullishness. If they fill a gap, and close below the gap and keep going lower, that's something different. They likely have a different destination in mind. Today, here, that may have been the final destination for the VIX. We don't know yet. Today, that's what the chart is indicating. What if it continues lower? Am I still interested to buy the VIX at lower prices? Yes, I am. 1450, 14 and a quarter, 1460, 1430, 1437, somewhere in that neighborhood, I am interested to buy the VIX. 
Moving on down to the transportation department. What do we have here? Not into the moving averages. These charts, meaning the IWM and the transports, my two favorite market-leading indicators, these two charts looked very similar of late. Today, the IWM busts up into the moving averages, yet the transports, albeit had a very healthy day, up 120 points or so, over 1%, didn't get into the moving averages, we're still trapped in between. You can see the convergence of the 200 and 100 and then the 20 period moving average below. It's not telling us anything specific one way or the other. We just have to note that the transports are my favorite canary in the coal mine, have been for a very, very long time. What we're watching for is another lower high. High, lower high, lower high, we have something going on here. We may go higher, still may put in a lower high, whether it's from current price or higher. The transports are and have been my favorite and most steadfast canary in the coal mine. Keep something in mind. Remember what we've discussed over the last week or so, and many times before for that matter. When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. And when it feels really, really right, it's generally not. The market is a waiting game. It's a game of patience. It's a game of making the correct decisions at the correct time. Not having to be the first one to the party, but making sure that you do arrive while everybody's having a good time. And not being afraid to miss a trade. There's always another one coming around the corner. And also, speaking of don't be afraid... We can't be afraid to be wrong. It's the wrong business to be afraid to be wrong. We have to be prepared. It happens. It's going to happen. It's a business of probabilities. That means that sometimes it's not going to work. The cues, the tech-heavy cues, what I really should say is the hedgy favorite cues. Same routine as the spiders. Big gap higher, big up day, 1.5%. The story's the same, no change, let's move on. The financials, I forgot to cover the financials last night, my apologies. That's what happens when you're on live TV sometimes, you miss lines, make mistakes, whatever it is. But here we have another up day in the financials. Now roll back the clock and what have we been saying every single day, except yesterday because I forgot, but every single day we've been saying if the financials are not deteriorating, if they're not falling apart, if they're not going down, it's unlikely we're going to see the market go through the trap door. We say it every single day and here we are in the financials above all the moving averages. There's nothing wrong with the financials. Can that change overnight? Yes, it can. But we have to take the market for what it's telling us at present. Are the financials likely to move and move big after the Fed announcement? Yes. Could it be a total take back of today and then some? Of course it can. It's Kabuki Theater. We're looking at the chart for what it is today with the full and complete understanding that everything can change after tomorrow. But the assessment is nothing bearish and there hasn't been anything bearish on the financial charts. The SMH. Talk about whipsaw behavior friday big gap down stayed down yesterday relative weakness against the market and today up four percent that's a rodeo 
it's untradeable unless you're in something and are able to take advantage of a move by the fact that you were already there. But there's no way to know the SMH was going to be up 4% today after yesterday's close. I wish we could know that kind of stuff. What do we have here and what are we doing with this information? There is information on this chart. So we have a couple of things working. Potential ABC, A leg, B leg, C leg. And the C leg would complete above the high of the A leg. What would that tell us? That would tell us markets are more bullish. And if we're going to find the SMH up at 110, 111, something in that neighborhood above the 50 period moving average, is it likely that we're seeing new highs in the SPY or S&P 500? It's likely. What's another scenario? Another scenario is double top. So we have a double top here coinciding with the 50 period moving average. If in fact we do push higher again, for example, on Wednesday, and we can't get through and get rejected at this double top, then that would signify weakness and could potentially be another lower high. So there's a lot of different things going on and we can guess, but you can't make any money guessing unless you get lucky. So what we have to do is we have to wait for clarity to enter the market. There's not going to be any clarity until after the Fed. That's just the reality of the way it works. And even at that, there won't be clarity for most, but for us, it should clear up somewhat. That seems like a pretty good place to pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.